0: This is Space Jesus, Billy Starks, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers.
1: And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you send in the questions. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio, independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a special Q&A episode, and uh, yeah, the questions come from you. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory and... Trending topics network, please rate, review, and subscribe your Evelists fine Podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Tune In, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, Wrestling Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email. If you so choose a desire, wrestling cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at watermaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a QA episode where you have submitted in your questions, whether it be through social media or our brand new voicemail that we have set up here on the show is not something that is going to be a weekly thing, but it's something that, uh, I don't know if I'm having trouble coming up with a topic or coming up with or not even a topic, just uh, who's going to be on and and whatnot. We don't have any shows, especially with COVID. You can call our brand new voicemail, 30-552-8220. That might change at some point in the future to maybe something more uh, specific to us, but unfortunately, I was kind of in a rush and I said, fuck it, I'm going to pick this phone number. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy, uh, or Merry Christmas Eve, because that's when this episode is being released. Like I said, I am your host, Justin Summers, and also appearing on this episode, answering your questions, we have Charlie Butters. Charlie, how's it going?
2: Oh, man, I thought I was Righteous Jesse today. Isn't that episode dropping today or is that
1: tomorrow? That's tomorrow. Oh, man. All right. I guess I'll be Charlie today. Uh, hopefully, this would be a little more bite-sized compared to the uh, history of the Righteous Jesse episode because those <laughs> always exceed two hours. So, I kind of want to have where this one's just a little bit more tolerable. With We'll try to stick to as close to an hour as possible. Sounds good. So, how's it going, Charlie? How's it going, man? It's, it's the weekend.
2: I'm... I'm relaxed and refreshed and i get to go uh work uh three 10 hour days
1: this week so did you do your homework this week there was homework <laughs> shit you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be on uh iwtv next week so i i'm really looking forward to being like oh homework oh man <laughs> i i didn't get a chance to do it I'm, I'm watching it right now that well there's potential that you were at these shows so i mean no i, I mean are they
2: are they prime episodes or PWO episodes? I am not a hundred percent. I, they have it marked as like PWO slash prime. And there's only a handful of episodes. I picked two that had like a good amount of people uh, that we um, know on. So Mm -hmm. that way we had some decent
1: stuff or like people that still wrestled. So we had some like decent stuff to talk about. So I think it's PWO. So unfortunately at that time I wasn't there yet okay because i didn't show up until two show yeah the second show after resolution four
2: i remember finding it on sports time ohio and uh just loving everything that i was seeing out of it And i was like oh man this is from cleveland like they're jacob's pavilion uh for a couple episodes that i saw and
1: like some of the stuff it was really cool and uh i wish it was still around oh i i'm the same way with it i think it being like this television product was, it's like easy to digest. For me, it was like my introduction to independent professional wrestling. And I think the odd thing was about a year. Yeah. I want to say it was like a year before I was flipping through TV and like me and my, it was uh, my ex at the time. And like, we came across what looked to be local independent wrestling and I kind of shit on it. Not of uh like, Oh, this is so bad and blah, blah, blah. It was just like I wasn't interested at that time of digging in independent wrestling, and I was just like, nah, I'm like I'll, I'll care maybe when they get to the WWE and all that kind of shit. And literally one year later, because I, I want to say it was something from Jacob's Pavilion because it looked like some outdoor venue. And one year later, during the Resolution Four recap episodes. That's when I got I got sucked in because it was when Kevin Nash came to PWO and it was like right around that same time that they were showing these episodes. He mm-hmm. had returned to WWE. And then cause like me getting independent wrestling is just a whirlwind of shit. Cause it was also th- those stuff, Gregory Iron and the CM Punk shit. A podcast I was listening to started talking like there was a dude on there who would talk independent wrestling. And he like I know he would talk about a lot of Ohio names, but I didn't know much about them. I was starting it in the cabanas podcast and listening to old episodes and they, he would talk about, or other people would talk about AIW and all this shit. So I was like, Oh, I, can, I need to look into this scene. That was the first thing because of Kevin Nash and I've said it many times before the first match I watched was Johnny Gargano, Matt Cross, Josh Prohibition, just a, a segment of that match. Not like not the full thing beginning and end, but like, that's where I started off. And it's just like, I started off really high.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: But yeah, I won't uh, I won't watch it until like a half hour before we start. So like I'll be in the middle of it while we're recording and <laughs> Yeah, as soon as soon as we were like talking about it recently, I'm like, oh, I don't have to watch it then. i just uh you know, just try to go for a memory, even though I knew it wasn't kind gonna of be one. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch it because I think that is early PWO. And I do wish Joe Dombrowski would get everything for PWO and Prime onto IWTV, I think it would be great. But now he's, he has like the whole library. I mean, it was on YouTube, but he said that he's going to take it down because there's this other like pro wrestling library.com or something. I think it's, I think it's mixed with Sorgatron media. I could be wrong, but
2: yeah, I heard like, something about that, and like they he, I saw somewhere there was like a post of like some of the matches from an episode that was was being put up, and it was like, oh man, I really want to watch that. Like if I could just have quick access to that, I would totally watch that. But I, it's it's now through uh, another service, so I don't know if I would jump on uh, another service to to watch all of PWO and Prime. But there's a little bit on IWTV. So so anything else going on with you? Uh, I, I paid for a bunch of cameos for this week's episode of IWTV, and I'm going to have orange flaccity on, uh, we're going to review the vacation land cup that aired last night on IWTV and, uh, it's going to be a fun episode. So that should be out already by the time this comes out. So check that out. I, I got some big surprises on there, so I was <laughs> really happy with it. You know who they I've are, heard, but you, I was about you, to say I've heard you, them and the production the quality quality behind secrecy. it is great. Yeah. That? Uh, I said, you're sworn to secrecy. Yeah. Production. I, I, that was my big thing. Like I mentioned on Twitter this week that I was really proud of myself with some stuff I did. And, uh, just, I really, I've come a long way using audacity and I, I was able to fit stuff a certain way and it just came out so perfect. And I literally woke up last night, uh, and just walked into my, my second room and played the play them again just because i was so proud of how they sounded and i'm like oh it sounds so good every time so
1: now you need to go back to the first episode of not ready for primetime wrestling and give it a listen
2: <laughs> oh man i'm gonna have to i don't even know if it's still available but
1: i'll find a way i guess you don't have it downloaded
2: uh you know what jared i think has
1: everything uh oh all yeah he up. did the uh, editing and everything uh, early on
2: Yeah. For the first like 60 plus episodes, he did it. And then once we switched over to Podbean, I started doing everything. So,
1: yeah, I would go back, listen, like the first episode of that. And then the first episode where you started editing, you're going to hear a night and day difference. It's something that I do too, where, because me doing it for almost 10 years, like I'll pull audio from way back when, like, especially like 2011. And I, it's hard to explain just the progress I've done and I, I even I have episodes of like certain shows that I was on or maybe that I did the production behind and it was when I was really starting to dig into audacity like you had the benefit of learning from me of like notes and things that I had learned along the way mm-hmm. learning things by myself and then obviously when you switch equipment and all this kind of stuff and uh it's, it always changes and like my I mean granted like I started with just a Logitech headset and the sound would come in like obviously like shit but the the compression of it was good and then obviously when I I upgraded to like some better shit it turned into oh fuck like this microphone and everything it's it's gonna sound so much different and if I have two different microphones and people are talking different like oh my god that's when I kind of learned about compression and all this other kind of stuff to like get everything where it's it's perfectly smooth and I want to say there was a podcast and I don't know which one it was I threw it into audacity And it was just like, I, it was just this wave file was like perfectly level all across. And I'm like, Oh, I got to learn how to do that. Or, (laughs) you know, people are gonna, people are gonna have trouble listening.
2: Yeah. I think you're with how you are about stuff. um, When it comes to like audio quality and stuff, if it's not good, you won't listen. So like that was the first hurdle to try to get it good enough that you would listen. Uh, So I've always kind of used you as like a, a, a measuring stick when it comes to stuff like, i didn't listen to myself so like i wouldn't listen to it but like people listen to weird stuff like i've had i've listened to podcasts that weren't great audio quality and it's i mean it can be really hard to listen to them sometimes but i still listen to them um but getting like information from you about it and like your feedback was constantly helping me improve and figure things out and like plus it helps getting into a rhythm of doing everything too like once you know your settings and how things should be and what you're looking for and like coming up with that process and just being able to do it, uh, from memory is, is a huge help too. So
1: half the time, my biggest issue is, um, my computer is now like almost six years old, I believe. And it, it needs so much work. Like it's ridiculous. Like doing all the, all that extra production takes forever. And I think Mm -hmm. if I got a new one, it could potentially be faster
2: yeah it's like kind of what we talked about before um a few weeks ago like the constant upgrade of everything we do is like, like we were just talking again today about it like yeah i got you got a nice computer you got this nice uh, mixer you got all the nice microphones and then it's like okay what else can i upgrade oh well, let me get the stand let me get a new desk let me do this it's like the constant upgrade is um it's kind of fun just to, to see to like where like my original setup was like my buddy's computer a these two super cheap mics that like i think he got for, from the dollar store like <laughs> and all the way up to like the now probably thousands of dollars i've put into doing this and you're seeing and like i showed you i sent you um the all-time list from from Podbean for like what my, our numbers have been and there's been a constant uptick in the last year of just more and more listeners um yeah. every month so i'm just it's slow, but steady. And I just, I'm happy with all the progress in the three years I've been doing this that we've made. And it's, uh, it's great. And I just I
1: can't wait to see where I'm at in six. That'll be really cool. I lost my train of thought for there for a second of the fuck I was going to say, um, <laughs> shit. Cause you had a good point on something. Uh, I know with me, it's, you know, the amount of money and everything I've, I've put into to all of this is, is crazy. There was like stuff that I wanted to do early on, but I, I just didn't get a chance. And then I, I was just like stalled at a certain level. And then eventually like I, you know, I moved up, you know, bit by bit by bit. And I, I know what I was going to say is the fact that people think that like they can just be podcasters. I mean, you can, you, you, you legitimately can, but if you want to have the sound and if you want to sound like actual podcast and radio, like you, you're going to have to put some money in. That's something I, I, I stress to people. It's not all plug and play. Like if you want a a good mic, mic recommendation, I'll probably tell you the blue Yeti or the blue snowball depends on, you know, your budget. But, you know, cause those are just simple plug and play, but there's other like sound quality issues that you might want. And that's going to take more. Uh, And also like whether you want to get a mixer, whether you want to learn all that kind of stuff and then uh, learning like editing, like that's obviously you seen firsthand, like you went to like, Oh, like we're going to create this, this podcast. And then when you actually get into the editing stuff of it, that you know that adds something, and people don't understand too, the the money it takes. Which luckily now it's it's cheaper than it used to be. But to host a podcast like on a, on a website, like me hosting like this, like I mean, it's free technically, not counting the money I, I put into it, but the money to pay a service to upload a podcast every week or whatever, I pay ten dollars a month. Now I'm not complaining because right now that's really good. When I first started paying. Podbean, I want to say a month subscription was like 30 bucks. And luckily they had a point where obviously where digital storage became so much cheaper. It it dwindled down to, if you're just doing audio, it's $10 a month. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I need. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. So like, I just, I had to, what, what sucked because they were probably sucking people's money when they changed the plan. They didn't change plan for people who were paying like that were uh, already month to month. You had to go in and like redo things. It's not like yeah. oh, we've lowered our rates, so here's here's your savings. You had to go to them, and that was a big pain in the ass. So there's like there was someone who mentioned on Facebook, and I gotta get back to him because I forgot to mention that kind of shit. But there's just so much involved into it, and I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can do this, blah 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 blah. And then to me, because one of my biggest things that I stretch stress is putting out a show every week. Like if you're not dedicated and you're not reliable, people could potentially not listen. If I were to send you my top ten podcast episodes, they're all the Ohio Indie Report. Could it be because like there was a better following early on? It could have been. Uh, there are a lot of other factors. Maybe also because they were on, they've been on the internet since 2012, I think at the earliest. Mm-hmm. But no episode has been higher than those, and I know that's one thing that sucks for me. Well,
2: I think like the the analytics behind a lot of stuff can get mudded up too because I know on our old service, um, blog talk radio, like they their numbers were like outrageously high when they would give us numbers for like what we were doing a listen like a week, like our episodes were like getting, you know, five, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred listens and I'm like, There's no way in hell we're getting that many listens. Like, who's listening to us? It's a niche of a niche of a niche like market. There's no way we're getting that starting off with like a three hour watch along, uh, show that like already people don't like, um, with terrible sound quality. I just, it really was frustrating because I wanted true numbers. And once we switched to Podbean, I felt like we got much more truer numbers. And I could also like see breakdowns of like state by state where we were getting listeners from and around the world and that kind of stuff. And, um, it's a little bit more, um, believable with, with what I'm seeing number wise, like it makes a lot more sense. And, uh, it just, but yeah, consistency is key. Like I've always heard that. I heard that about people that would stream on Twitch and everything. Like you always have to like, that's how people are going to tune in. It's just like with TV and stuff like that, you know, obviously you can make your stuff available after to, to watch on demand, but consistency is key. So like every Thursday, I know I'm getting a new wrestling cheers and it's, that consistency is good because, like, then it's something to look forward to for the week. And then also, uh, you just you build up that base because, like, you're like, oh, when's it come out? Oh, it's always on Thursdays. Okay, and then you know that you you just kind of put yourself in that rhythm to look for it. And um, I suffer from from not putting it out constantly. I'm usually around the same like three days. Um, sometimes it's later, sometimes it's earlier, but. I, I we've had set days for a long time and like, I've always tried to be consistent, but it usually just the way things work out. It it doesn't happen that way all the time. So it is
1: what it I is. I mean, but. I mean, for the most part, you at least put out episodes. I know you've had times where you didn't. And I know that's always that could, that can be a hindrance to some people. And I've, I've heard it to where you skip one week It turns into easier skipping, skipping two weeks is almost like the gym where people say where, when you skip going, but it's, it's, it it works the same thing with podcasting to where next thing you know, like you haven't done a podcast in a month. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something that you like doing. Like I always say, do it. Like to me, the only number that matters is the, how many downloads I got. And to me, like, I don't go crazy about it. It's just a measuring stick of how I'm doing. I've I've had episodes since it's been wrestling cheers that have gone up to about 200 that's the most, but our average, especially if we're talking AIW is around a hundred and I'm, I'm happy for that. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get crazy numbers because like, like you said, with what you guys do, it's, it's a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche. And it's, it's almost a uh, transition a little bit. It, it's like fucking TikTok. Like we talked about that last time we, uh, we did one, did a podcast together. And you know, since then I've had a couple videos get way more fucking views than I ever have. And almost all of them aren't wrestling related. Like one of them, I talked about being from Ohio. The other one I talked about the time that I went to the album, the first album release party of a band called Foxy Shazam. They're not a huge, huge band, but they've had a, they've had a minor small slice of success. And Mm -hmm. then recently, like I did one where I talked about when I bought the Talkboy and uh, Turbo Man and then just recently this weekend i've had another one start to get some good numbers that i talked about being a browns fan like none of my wrestling stuff does that because if it's an, it's like just this niche market and i don't do hardcore nostalgia stuff but hey like it's still for me like that stuff's still fun to do the fact of actually within the as of this recording of the past week i've literally gained two thousand followers it's fucking nuts and the. Uh, the brown, not the Browns video, the uh, Turbo Man video is over 100,000 views, and that's the most I have of any video. Yeah, the the stuff on there,
2: like, I've been trying to figure out how their metrics work and everything. It's really interesting. Um, all of my all-time episodes have all been since we switched to IWTV Guide, so I think that's also, like, a, a big measuring stick there. Uh, it helps that, like, when we review a... Um, Company that they usually retweet us, and uh, we get interaction from wrestlers on the show, that kind of stuff. So, I think that helps huge when uh, promoting the episode. And uh, I've been trying to like really focus more on promoting episodes and stuff at certain times and not just like throwing it out there and then not doing anything with it after. Like, when you post that the show's available on Thursday, I try to wait until Friday or Saturday and post again so that people get a reminder. And like it keeps it fresh in their mind. Like, hey, there's an episode out. Um, I wish there was a way that you could like set something to automatically retweet itself every so often. I think that would be abused by certain people, but I feel like, or sometimes I have to start setting some type of reminder to remind myself to like, hey, I do this once a day,
1: like retweet so that like people know that it's out there. So see if that helps. Yeah. Promoting is one of my kind of weak spots i i do the regular thursday stuff like i'm someone who uh on twitter and instagram i try to post those literally at the exact same time like i i get both posts ready and then i hit post other app post so they're they're hitting social media at the same time facebook is normally automatic but reposting other days like hey we, we got this episode out like um that's one thing i'm shit on i'll openly admit that like I've tried it a couple times, and I think it's got some more listeners, but yeah, like like I said, I'm shit on it. Before um, we get into the Q&A section, because we're getting um, a little bit longer than the intro that I wanted, something we're going to do, it's not necessarily going to be something we always do here on the show, because obviously this is going to be no more than once a month, but even that I think is would be rare. I think you might see this kind of episode every two months. Maybe every quarter, just it's just going to depend on how episodes get built, how episodes get planned. If and this has happened, just you know, people not responding, and you know, I just have issues with that kind of stuff. So, what we're going to do because we're recording on the same day as Pod Van Dam, our friends over there, at Pod Van Dam, and we're going to call their voicemail. Maybe we got a call from one of them for our voicemail, but uh, we decided because I think Charlie and I have talked about this before about doing a call together. We almost did one on the way to uh, Black Label Pro, but we thought they had already recorded, and it turns out they were recording like the next day. We didn't know. So uh, let's give a call to Pod Van Dam right here on the podcast.
3: Thank you for calling Pod Van Dam. Leave your message at the tone.
1: Hey, guys. It is Justin Summers calling you. Yep, from Wrestling Cheers. And, Ed, let's talk about those Christmas movies you mentioned. I get everything with Nightmare Before Christmas. I get Everything you said about Christmas vacation, I'm kind of that way too, but you went too far with Jingle All the Way. Anything but Jingle All the Way movie is fantastic. One of my favorites, and I understand it's maybe not for everybody else, but if there is one movie that's kind of a meme that everybody bought into, I think that's Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, because when that came out, so many people just, just, what felt like to me, it felt like they hated it. But now everybody magically loves it. My question for you guys is, what is your top 10 Christmas movies? For me, my uh, favorite Christmas movie obviously is Jingle All the Way. But I also have tied for Second Place, Home Alone 1 and 2. And 4 is Christmas Story. And number 5 is The Santa Claus. Just on the outside is Mickey's Christmas Carol, which I think is an underrated Christmas Carol uh, also on not just me here. I have a friend friend. Speak up.
2: Hey, what's going on? It's Charlie butters. Uh, I got a quick question for you too. uh, fuck Mary kill new Jack, Terry funk and Nick gauge. Have fun boys. Love you.
1: Love the show. Love you all the time. Love you all the time. Have a great Christmas. Have a great happy holidays and, uh, check you guys next season later. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> do you think if they were to like tweet out their answers for your fuck Mary Kill, do you think uh New Jack and Nick Gage would respond?
2: Uh, possibly. I mean, I know there's somebody that does Terry Funk's now too. I don't know if they would r- relay it to him and see what he <laughs> had to say about it, but uh I think New Jack might respond. He seems pretty uh up on on his Twitter and
1: Instagram game, so. Oh, could you imagine telling New Jack you we're know, gonna fuck him? <laughs> could you imagine telling Nick Gage you're going to fuck him and then you're going to see him when AIW comes back?
2: Yeah, that's going to be uh,
1: that's going to be an interesting one. I can't wait to hear the response. All right, let's get into uh, our questions. That's uh, you know what this is all about of what questions do you have for us? A lot of topics for us to talk about. We're going to go to our social media questions. First up we have go with our, our Twitter question from Nick Haddocks at Nick haddocks three. He is a local fan. I think his first AIW show was the last Tadmore shrine show. Uh cool guy met him through some of the wrestling figure podcast. Uh, he asked, how about your favorite or most memorable wrestling Christmas gift as a child? What are yours? Charlie,
2: um, so this is a two part. It was the same Christmas, I believe, though. It was probably prime '98, '99. Um, I got a Stone Cold Steve Austin stand up, one of the cardboard stand ups. Um, to this day, it's still at my dad's place. It's actually, uh, in his garage now. And then I also got every single wave of every single bone crunching figure that was available that Christmas season. And I believe that included the ones that first had Dude Love and Kane in it. The, um, With the action moves or whatever that they were. I I literally had every single wave. My mom went and found every single wave of the two packs, everything. I had all of them. It was ridiculous. I could look at the back and I had every single one that was on the back of the cards. And uh, that's probably the most memorable wrestling Christmas one I can, I can think of.
1: I have like a handful that like, I remember like I never went ultra crazy with getting Christmas. I mean, wrestling stuff for Christmas because Like I never, I wasn't really big into figures. I didn't have a lot of game consoles, but I remember the Christmas that I got WCW Nitro and it was for PC. (laughs) Our PC sucked. That thing was so fucking slow. (laughs) Uh, I also remember getting, there was the WWE version, obviously WWF at the time, their version of like a gigapet. I think it was called a virtual fighter. And it was more of a handheld thing, not like this thing on a keychain. And I, I wanted it, but I knew nobody else who had it. And then there was like a, almost like an auxiliary cord that was like your cable to connect to another one. And then you can have like matches. And I, like I said, I didn't know anybody else with it. So it, at the end of the day, it kind of sucks. But I do want one again, just for nostalgia purposes. And then the one that has a funny story behind it is, I think one Christmas I got. WWF, maybe it was WWE, but I don't think it was uh, the Just Bring It and fun game because I I did have the PS2 at the time, but a little backstory. I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast, but later that year, I'm, I'm too much of a nice guy sometimes and I lived in a trailer park and a lot of times I actually, I let a lot of my friends borrow the PS2. Long story short, I let the wrong person borrow it. Someone who didn't necessarily live in the trailer park and someone who was new to the group. And he claimed it was stolen out of his car when it turns out like he just stole it and he eventually moved away. Um, The next Christmas, and I didn't mention, I didn't just let people borrow the PS2, I let people borrow like games too. So fast forward to the next Christmas, my dad gets me the next WWF, WWE uh, SmackDown game, which was Just Bring It. Not Just Bring It. I just said Just Bring It, but uh, Here Comes the Pain the fact that I didn't have a PS2 to play it on, like I was worried because I'm like, shit, he got me a PS2 game and I, I have to act like I'm excited. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm not going to play this fucking game. This fucking sucks. Uh, They never found out. (laughs) I think, I mean, I might've mentioned something when I was older, but um, yeah, that's like one of the craziest ones that uh, stick out in my memory. So yeah, that was right around the
2: time. So just Bring It was WWF, but Here Comes the Pain was WWE, so it was right in that transition era.
1: Okay, okay, year. okay. And I I kind of want to re-get both of those games. One, because obviously I never played Here Comes the Pain, but I played a lot of Just Bring It, and that was one where mm-hmm. you had to go through career mode and had like all these different paths, but the paths were kind of limited, and every time you finished whatever path, you unlocked... I don't know how to describe it how that one was set up. It was like certain numbers of things you could unlock for like a uh, create a wrestler. And you're like, you unlocked this package, blah, blah, blah. And they were, they was at random. So mm-hmm. I never unlocked everything, but I had a lot unlocked. I know the only things I didn't have unlocked that were huge that were for at that time, harder for me was unlocking Fr- the unlockable character of Fred Durst and unlocking the SmackDown fist set so my PlayStation two broke a lot long after
2: this came out. So I didn't, uh, have a PlayStation as well for just bring it. And, uh, I would go to my buddy's place and like try to play it there. And he'd want to go do like ride snowmobiles and ride four wheelers. And I just wanted to play the, <laughs> my, my SmackDown game on his PS2 because I could play it at home. Cause mine didn't work. And I think it was all just cause it had like dust on the lens or something, but like, I didn't know how to clean it at the time. And, uh, I ended up getting a new one by the next year. Cause I remember playing here comes the pain a ton. So, but yeah,
1: <laughs> let's move on to the next question. Someone you're going to hear a little bit later on in the voicemails. We have Zach Blackburn. He asked, let I me, mean, granted, he's going to, this is actually came in between both of his voicemails. So he kind of loses to that. I got two more for you outside of my hotline message. What makes a great venue in your opinion for me? Seats that are spread out is a good start. Hashtag burly boy. And what have been some of the best venues you have been to the barn at old wrestling extravaganza last year is my is on my list for sure. For me, we were talking about this before we were recording. It was the, uh, the venue for hell on earth last year, 2019, the uh, Westlake party center, Brook park, rec center, Brook park, rec center. My bad. Yeah. Like that venue was the best. We may never go back to it because of how expensive and a lot of stuff was, but like the crowd for that show was perfect. Uh, having a lot of room for gimmick tables. There was a, a completely different room for concessions, even though it wasn't the regular AIW concessions, it was still a whole different room. Um, one of my biggest issues with a lot of venues that AIW has run over the years or I've been to over the years is just when the, the, Gimmick tables, the merch area is just overcrowded. Two that I have that are honorable mentions that AAW's been to, but I still think that one is obviously the best. The like John Baptist church we went to, that one um, was okay. Um, I, I'm so so on how small it felt, but still, there's at least a lot of room for merch and all that kind of stuff. And then right after them is the what we call the volleyball cavern. The only thing that sucked about that one is they had only like a small section of risers to where, or technically bleachers where people could sit. And it still wasn't the same as like what we had for Mount Carmel, but still like merch area. Like it had its own just corner and there was plenty, plenty of fucking room. Other than that, it's a historical venue. I've been there once and it's really cool. I loved going to the ECW Arena, but I do agree with Zach. If, if seats are too close together for me, that sucks. And also if there's not enough room for merch because, or just a merch area, because like there's been so many AIW venues where it's, it's like one lane traffic and you're trying to fit two lanes in there and people are trying to wait in line for a wrestler. And like, you're in the way if you're, if someone's trying to get through to talk to another wrestler and it's just a big pain. Uh, Charlie, what are, uh, what's your favorite venue?
2: So yeah, Brook park is number one on my list. Um, the, uh, John Baptiste place with the cat piss, uh, entryway. That is probably number two, just again, same reason, just the space, there's space, everything's lined out. So there's lots of room to move around the whole nine yards. Uh, Brook park though, like everything is so good. The lighting was good there. Um, just that whole area was great. There's multiple bathrooms to that you were able to use. Um, it was perfect. And then like, I know like the wrestlers liked it cause there was a hot tub there that they could use. Um, uh, just, yeah, that place was perfect. I, I hope we can make that like a yearly thing for hell on earth or, or uh, a show every year. Cause I really like that place. Um, yeah, the John Baptiste place, that one's good. I like that one. That was actually the first one that came to mind, uh, just space wise, because like, I felt like you could get around to everything. Um, but we only, we, you know, we'll never go there again. Cause they, you know, did some shady stuff. So screw them. Um, I like the Odeon for, uh, certain reasons, but at the same time, I don't like their merch area and like trying to get to the bathroom, that kind of stuff. That's a pain in the ass. Uh, but I like everything else about the Odeon. I like the atmosphere there. Um, yeah, that'd be my, my top three, I think.
1: Do you agree with Zach on like what makes a good venue?
2: yeah i feel like uh his choice too um of the the big barn that uh, old wrestling was at that's a good one too um i just yeah, there's got to be space like i feel like as long as there's enough space like for seats and then like to be able to go check out merch and stuff like that and just get away from like p- people not be crowded and feel claustrophobic i think that's a huge thing um that makes a big difference for a lot of people like i think that's that's a huge thing um that place was kind of hot though. It was in the middle of summer. If there would have been some, like, I don't know, fans going or something just to kind of move some air that might've been a little bit better, but it wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, it just, it just gotta be room. You just gotta have room. I don't like these tight spaces. Like I understand, like sometimes, you know, it's not a tight space until you get super crowded, which is great because the company's doing big, you know, business with
1: that, but just gotta have some room. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, my biggest thing. And if you go back to like early Turner's hall or even early Mount Carmel. Like you see how there's a lot of room because like we hadn't really grown into it, but Mm -hmm. towards the end of those runs, it becomes packed. Like after Steen shows up and then, I mean, multiple things happened at Mount Carmel to get that bigger crowd to the point of like, you know, Gargano show or when the young bucks were there and there's just so many things where, moving around is so hard and like I want to go buy this t-shirt from Ethan Page I want to go get an 8x10 from Eddie Kingston or, or whoever but everybody's just trying to move around and it I that's the one th- that is the one thing I don't really care for the Odeon like as a a venue on TV the Odeon is great it looks like we are a big deal because I've heard people out there complain about independent shows that run in gyms and you know, like the basketball hoops are down and all this kind of stuff. And like, it really quote takes away from the atmosphere, which I, I kind of get, but at the end of the day, I'm like, it's an independent wrestling. I don't care. But when we, we moved to the Odeon as like the main venue and some of the things that we see with the lighting and everything, like to me, that's next level shit. There's a difference between ICP coming out of the Odeon and, and what it would look like ICP coming out at Mount Carmel as hilarious. It would have been of them coming out at a gym at a church. I would have loved it, but still there was just this professional look of the Odeon that I love. But still, when you get to the merch section or when you get how some of those chairs are set up, sometimes I'm like, I'm a big fucking dude. And we have a lot of big dudes here on this show. Uh, Zach's not mm-hmm. necessarily a part of the show, but you know, he he is a huge supporter. Love him for it. And I don't know, he agrees with it. You know, Charlie, you agree with it. Stacy fucking agrees with it. We get some of those where it's just like, what the fuck? And there's times where like, I don't want to move.
2: Yeah. They're just so a lot of the time they're just so packed in there and so close together. It's like you try to move stuff around and it's like, if you just took out like two chairs from each row, it would be perfect. You could add a, a further back row and it just would make everybody not feel so claustrophobic. And I think like you're not thinking about that when you're putting the stuff together. I completely understand, but like we have to come in as fans and kind of adjust everything to how we need it to be for us because it's just a mess and it just,
1: uh, or the times whoever whoever put out chairs, didn't put fucking aisle (laughs) ways. And it's just like, who the fuck does this? How am I getting to the front row? I'm not going all the way to the end and like, excuse me, 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 excuse me. Like who the fuck does that?
2: yeah it, it uh that's that's the number one thing man is you gotta the venue's gotta have space like i feel like brook park you're able to go like when i went to go get something to drink and get some food like i was able to go into that whole other area and wait in line and like it just being away from people at that point and then like if i wanted to go look at merchandise you could go do that and you weren't you know, in somebody's way. And it just, and then there was all the views up around top too, like the track that they had up around top. Like that was cool to be able to see like people up there taking pictures and watching the show and doing that kind of stuff. And like that view, some of the pictures that we got from that show because of that view is really cool. And it just, I, uh, I, I appreciate when we spend the money and have the bigger venue and uh, we can fill that venue. And I think that that's the best is just when you can do that and it just, it, it works. And it, I, I crave that like more now than ever, especially with everything going on. Like I like black label pro setup too. I didn't mention them, but they do get crowded at times, especially with, um, the way that, you know, they're very similar to, you know, it's a small gym. So like it gets very crowded in there sometimes during intermission. And it's hard to like, be able to go see certain people, especially when there's bigger names there, but I do like their setup. And I think that it's real intimate and that there's not a bad seat anywhere in that building. You can, you can sit all the way back at the door where you come in and still enjoy the show as if you're ringside. So I do like that venue for a smaller venue, but I'd I like the, the big having space and being able to, to move around.
1: That's, that's a huge thing. All right, let's get into our voicemails. First up. Uh, well, we, we just heard from him. Let's, uh, go back to Zach.
3: Hey, wrestling tears. Congratulations on getting a hotline. Uh, I do have a couple questions for you. This is Zach. Um, and here's my questions for you guys. Uh, if you were to cast the Avengers, With independent wrestlers, who do you got, right? Who's the Hulk? Who's Iron Man? Who's Thor? Who's, you know, whoever. Second question, what wrestlers would you like to eat wings with? I know you guys are are, uh, wings fans, and uh, it comes up often on the show. So let me know. Thanks a lot, and keep up the great work.
1: Bye. Thank you, Zach. Um, I'm going to pivot the Avengers one to you. I love the Avengers, but uh, when I let you preview these, voicemails you already had a list going and i don't think i'm gonna top it so who do you got okay so for
2: thor i'm gonna go matt justice i see it uh for iron man i'm gonna go with uh, daniel Macabe because he's a wrestling genius good good choice um black widow i'm doing blair onyx because you know spider black widow uh captain america is lee moriarty best pick ever because he's so wholesome hulk i'm going with big beef um, as a bonus, cause I mean, that's, that, that's the Avengers we had, but I'm going to throw in some additionals, uh, agent Colson, I'm going to go with Dom Garini and, uh, for, for the villain, I think he would make a great mischievous villain, uh, Loki, I'm going to go with Dan Housen.
1: And then Thanos is Vince McMahon. That's the, that's the main one I, <laughs> I, I have to go with is it's Thanos is Vince McMahon, especially after, uh, applying for the collective trademark. But you can hear people talk about that on different shows. So uh, we'll stray away from that one. Uh, the thing is, this question too, and I, I wish I could pull it up. There was uh, back during Ethan Page's, whatever his last podcast was called. I forget what it was called. But uh, someone asked like to cast independent wrestling, the Avengers, or everybody in Infinity War. And they, I want to say, created a poster for it too. Someone created one. And the some of the pics were really good. I always think of... The Hulk is Brian Cage, but now he's in AEW.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. I, he just said wrestling; it doesn't have to be indie wrestling. So, That's like, true. if you
1: want to lay everybody out, it's hard to top. Well, if, if you were going to go and obviously in professional wrestling in general, outside of independent wrestling, John Cena is Captain America, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see him being Captain America. I guess. I mean, he he was that wholesome baby face for so long. Like,
1: do you? Yeah. Know if he is Captain America. Do you know who would be the perfect Iron Man? No. Who you got? CM Punk. Okay. Okay. I could see that. Black Widow. Billy Kay or Peyton Royce?
2: I would have said Paige or maybe even Lita if I was going all of all of wrestling.
1: Yeah. Either. I'm trying to think of ones who are like as acrobatic as uh, Black Widow. Okay. That's why I went with them. But doesn't Dana Brooke, doesn't, doesn't she like do... Shit like that too, not necessarily in ring, but she'll do like outside of the ring. Yeah, well, she's super strong too. Like I feel like she could be She Hulk. <laughs> oh, she yeah, she'd be um, a good She Hulk actually. Um, who haven't I named besides um,
2: Hawkeye? Oh yeah, I didn't think about Hawkeye in my list. Shit,
1: <laughs> he's not the perfect one, but just because of his name, uh, Lance Archer.
2: <laughs> I think my Hawkeye would be uh, Trey Lamar.
1: <laughs> my, uh, I'm trying to think because I got for that one. I kind of want to go like Lee Moriarty or Daniel McCabe. And I, I look at him as someone who is like a good technical wrestler and not necessarily using it in the words of the move, but let's face it. Hawkeye's is a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. So I, I want someone who is a sharpshooter, but not necessarily a sharpshooter. The move. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck between those two. Dan Housen is, is low key is <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> i see uh billy starks as shit why is her name escaping me fucking karen gillian's character oh um nebula yeah i kept singing saying gamora in my head i'm like no that's not fucking gamora yeah <laughs> and she's blue right <laughs> yeah those are some of the best ones i got uh, right, on, right on we had a uh, zach call back uh Third thing of questions, it went the first voicemail, the Instagram post, and now this. Oh. What do you got? Hold on. Before we get
2: there, he did ask about wings. Oh, so yeah. Fuck that. Who'd you want to eat wings with?
1: Mm, that's an interesting question. Do you, do you have an answer? I mean,
2: really any of the AIW roster, I could, I could see myself sitting and eating wings with. So,
1: like, uh, The Bev. Um, I'm going to go. justice. I'm going to go before you say it. Josh Bishop. Cause I want to see how many wings he can put right down. <laughs> so you're going to take him to uh all you can eat wings at a uh, Quaker steak. Just um, let him go to town. Fuck on yeah. The buffet. Dude, that'd be awesome. Supposedly they don't, even before COVID, they don't do the buffet anymore. And the only Probably, one that oh, I was told that still does all you can eat wings because they, as far as I know, they never did the buffet is North Canton. Cause they do it. You order hmm. like six at a time, six wings at a time. You just tell them what your next flavor is and they'll go get it for you. The only thing that su- sucks is a lot of times you're waiting. And I know I've been there before where a waiter only wanted to do one at a time, like one, which sucks. Cause like you sit there and eat, eat your six and then you put in another order. and Then you got to wait for the next batch to come out before right. when, I, when I would go there, some of the waiters would, they would get like your first three. And then as you were like finishing, they would get like, figure out like you like, do you want, are you going to want another one after all those are done? Are you going to want another one after all those are done? And then you know kind of whittles whittles down from there, and then they're like ah, I think I'm going to be done after this and all that kind of stuff. But if everything was right, like you always just had wings just being delivered to you uh, before you finished them up. But it's been a while since I've been able to do all oh, you can eat wing night.
2: Yeah, the Sharon one had a uh, you could either do them um, or you put in your orders and they let us do like triple orders back when I was in high school, mm-hmm. uh, or they had the buffet later on. And I I honestly haven't been to. Uh, the lube for Wing Night in probably fourteen years now. I just, yeah, just don't go. Damn. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to set up a, a, a one time and go. Get a group of us. It'd be good
1: stuff. Go to the one. Well, if we do oh, things, we do. Totally you can eat wings. Like it's got to be a good Tuesday. Um, it's always hard to like plan. Yeah, we'll plan my work yeah, if we did anything, we'd have to do it. Uh, the one in Canfield. Yeah, we will figure it out. Yep. We got, we got time.
2: You know. <laughs> Shit's not over with yet. We got we got some a little bit more time to go through, and we'll figure it out, and it'll happen. Just mark it down on the book.
1: All right. Now to Zach's second voicemail.
3: Hey, Wrestling Cheers. It's Zach, and I've got another question for you. Okay? I'm going on a fig hunt today, and it made me think. What one person from the AIW roster would you make into a, a, a wrestling figure? And what accessory would that figure have? Also, as a little bit of a bonus, who would you make a Build-A-Figure of? All right? Thanks, all Russians here. Bye.
1: There's only one answer, right? Between me and you? Pro- yeah. Yeah. Dan Housen.
2: Yeah. You got to include the cape. You include the jar of teeth. You include uh, maybe the little um, puppet of Dan Housen that he had, um, the <laughs> Pee Wee Danhausen. Yeah. Um, you include a um spicy water <laughs> uh, what else could you add? oh man, like I could go all day like with accessories it'd be a deluxe figure Now the build a figure hold on, hold on
1: obviously before, if we're doing a before you get into that before you get into that uh, accessories okay. I was thinking for Danhausen I mean you knocked a lot of them off, but okay. I want swappable heads so I could also get old wrestling Danhausen and pre. This version of Danhausen, Danhausen. Okay, okay. I think like um, that-
2: well, yeah. You'd have to do the the swappable arms too, because then you could do like his little like jacket that he wears sometimes. Yeah, and then so you could have the swappable arms, so you have like the arm sleeves for the little jacket or whatever, and the different hands, so you could do like the the Mister Burns hands and yes. that kind of stuff, and like the floppy wrist type things that he does. It's
1: got to come with a bag of money. Um.
2: Oh yeah, and a sack of money. Yeah, and maybe like a little blimp.
1: <laughs> yeah like there, there's nobody the, else would, would be, that no, be like the big playset, play like
2: the it. vehicle playset for him. uh so if we're going to do like a a build a figure it's got to be for like the aiw series one figures um obviously the first build a figure you're going to have is going to be john thorne that's exactly what uh, I'm he's got to be the build he's got to be the build a figure for for series one um also i think that if you're going to do other figures with accessories you would obviously do like matt justice with like chairs and ladders uh bishop with tables um
1: two infinity Meon with I'm the tag titles of,
2: yeah um <laughs> uh what that else for orange could you throw today? in there right <laughs> uh obviously um derek dillinger with like the the movie snap thing yeah that Lapper. um that'd probably be the two packs you have to have like the two packs so it'd be like to infinity and beyond uh derek dillinger and ziggy heim um and maybe uh aj and pb as the as the third two-pack um Hmm. Oh, then you do got to do Philly and Marino obviously, but I don't know. Would you save them for series two? So you have like a big setup
1: for series two. Okay. Let's, let's um, figure, let's figure out what the first line would be. And I'm going to use, uh, the recent AEW first series as uh template. They had, okay. They had six. So who would be our six? And we're saying within this, you get to build a figure and we're going it as John Thorne. Okay.
2: Um, so you got to do justice. Yes. You got to do Bishop. Yes. Um,
1: you got to do to infinity and beyond have that be your tag Do You want to
2: do them as two singles or do you want to save them for a two pack? I'm, well, I was using, because if like do, I said,
1: cause AEW, the, they have the young bucks in series one. I mean, they haven't, well, they've, they've only released one two pack. If I'm correct, the Rhodes brothers,
2: I think so. But I'm thinking like, what if would you want to go all champions in the first set then? Would you want to go just uh bishop with two belts and a table, uh Philly, Merino, and then maybe Justice with a chair and a ladder, and uh Danhausen. So that would give you one, two, three, four, five, and then uh Alley Cat, Yes. I was thinking someone women would be great. So then you have alley cat to round it out. And then you have, um, the build a figure be John Thorne. Then you could do a two pack be to infinity and beyond, uh, with each version of the tag titles,
1: a chase. And this is just me. Uh, you could do one of two ways with it. The chase for Bishop is either debut Bishop or, and this is just for like a, this is the one for it's just me shits and giggles, um, slutty cat. <laughs>
2: I would say one would have to be like him in the uh, the jeans and knee pads, and then one with like him in his regular um, yeah trunks. Yeah. Um, if if we did like a, I would like to see like maybe a manager series where it's two packs would so be like Justice and Alfonso. Dillinger and Heim, and then um, Jocelyn with somebody else. Oh, uh, Bishop Bishop and uh, Wes, Um, and then you could do Jocelyn um, probably with as well. If if if, yeah, with PB, Um, that would be cool. Um, Who would come with the ring if if they're going to do an AIW ring? Because you get a figure with the ring. Do you have one? Mm, I was thinking another variant of either. I mean, you have to go with like your top singles guys so it'd have to be a variance you know what it would be nick gage nick gage would come with the
1: ring fuck yeah yeah i'm gonna agree with you on nick gage i was thinking like there's other figures that if if they were you know i mean obviously because we're just dream booking that like if they were to make but man have the ring with a biggins figure oh man like that would be cool that'd be cool or a pedro or steve guy figure
2: Oh, that'd be really neat. So you get the ring and a ring announcer. That'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With Steve guy. Um, now series two, I would go, we have to do Lee. We have to do Alex Shelley. We have to do Trey. Um, even I could even see some of them swapping out with some of the guys from, from from series one on that, um, to, to put them up there. Honestly. Um, I could see like swapping out like, uh, Dan with like Lee or Trey, um, Oh, or even AJ gray or one of them. Like he doesn't have to be in series one and they could even do runoff with deluxes. Like he could be a single deluxe figure with all the shit that he would come with. And you could just fill in that slot with any of those other guys. They're all worthwhile for a series one.
1: Um, Hold on. And then like we, we totally forgot about somebody. If you're going to do a manager series, you got to put the Duke with Bitcoin boys. And maybe if, if you have the Duke as a, as standalone figure, you can reuse the money bags from tan and give it to the duke <laughs> Boom.
2: and the duke comes with the the golden hoss boot <laughs> and uh, well that would have to be a three pack you'd have to do a three pack with them uh i could see a three pack with um a three or four pack with uh 40 acres um if you wanted to go old school and do a three pack or four pack with the production you could do that too um to get multiple designs out of them um yeah, <laughs> I mean, that could be, that'd be really fucking cool. I mean, we could sit all day and just plan all that shit out, I'm sure, of, of each wave. And <laughs> let's book that a, was a good question.
1: <laughs> it, it was. Uh, let's book a, I want to make it a smaller number, three figure legends line, AIW. I'm not going to count because I already mentioned it. Like, we're not going to do biggins and we're not going to do like, Pedro. Okay. let's do wrestlers. Mm. I'm going to go. Uh, Haley hatred. I'm gonna go because I mean, granted, I mean with this all big fantasy book thing, but uh, you gotta go Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. And who's another? Just um, you know what? He's not necessarily a legend, but you know we haven't seen him in a while. Tim fucking Donst. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I don't
2: know. That's a good one with Gargano. That's that's an easy one. Um. And we're also forgetting. I don't know, English man. There, there's in- there's a lot of guys that were integral in the early part that aren't necessarily i uh, I don't know like just on good terms um uh, yeah that's true but i was thinking too like, Cause like the, the main one that i can think of would be ricky because i feel like he's what got me into indie, independent wrestling uh he was my first favorite because he was a bigger guy like me so like he would be to me like there was a whole period of time there where i feel like there was that but i mean that's in my own bizarre mind so i don't i don't know um maybe you do it just another variation. Like you said, you got to do three legends. I mean, think about special guests that they've brought in that we've, that we've had. Um, I mean, you could put Terry Funk in there. I mean, if you do repaints, you could do another John Thorne figure, like with longer hair. Um, you could do a biggins figure. You could do Pedro. Like I, I would, I would like to see those as, as a legend set, um, for like the AIW. um, when I think of like bigger legendary figures in the company, that's who I kind of resort to. I don't think of wrestlers a hundred percent because they're so, I don't know. A lot of them are still going. And then like some of them are just special one-off guests. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to, to, to pick
1: those. Well, when I'm, I'm thinking even legends, there's two that could go in legends, but they could also go in a regular line and that's fucking M dog and J bro.
2: Oh Fuck. Dude, yeah, Jesus, I can't believe I didn't even think about them. Yeah, those two could definitely have like their their early look for the Legends line, and then you give them like a current day look uh, with gear for their current line. Like you know, Matt Cross with his giant beard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that'd be cool.
1: Like your led the Legends line could be M Dog, Gargano, and fucking Cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to pick Haley Hatred because I want to pick some female wrestler that I felt like deserved it and I, I if it's not like sarah del rey or Shayna baszler it's fucking daily hatred all right all right thank you for all your questions zach let's move on to our next caller and this is from draven
0: hey justin this is your friend the honolulu guru draven post so i got a question for you man actually i got two so one at the end of the movie the wrestler Mickey Rourke's character, Randy the Ram Robinson, leaps off the top rope to deliver the Ram Jam. Do you think he lives or dies because it's inconclusive in the movie? And my second question was, what do you think in the Attitude Era was the best and the worst thing? I've seen some people say Steve Austin versus McMahon is one of the worst things about the Attitude Era. But I think it's one of the best myself. I think the worst thing was uh, Mae Young giving birth to Mark Henry's hand baby thing. <laughs> All right, man. Catch you later. All
1: right. Let's start with The Wrestler. I mean, I, I've i only seen it once, but I just took it as he died. I mean, to me, that's the, the artsy way that type of movie would go. It's not like, oh, he lived. It's like, nope, this is it. This is where he dies. He dies in the ring. I don't know about you. Right. Yeah, that's
2: the artsy way to do it. Um I've always been a little bit more hopeful, like, I guess, like, I could totally see that being the way that Aronofsky would do that. Um, but I, I would, I would hope that maybe he, he survived and, you know, was able to get his shit together, but you know, that's what it is. I, I think, I honestly think it was meant for him to be dead. So I guess that'd be my answer.
1: What was the best and worst thing of the attitude era?
2: I mean, uh, I'm sorry, but Austin McMahon was the best thing. That's what got all the the views, and and uh, I think that was the most memorable thing to me was all the
1: sh- the hijinks Stone Cold did. Um, yeah, I don't know who has ever said like, that was the worst because really in WWE, like that was that was the kicker. Like a lot of it was Austin yeah, Stone Cold
2: versus like, the corporation was yeah was the the big thing there. Um,
1: I mean, unless he's talking about when. Uh, Austin joined the corporation. I mean, that was kind of bad, but I don't know. It felt like Austin had had did his run, and there was like nothing else for him. So yeah, you you flipped him, and you had him do the unthinkable. But over time, the uh, they kind of it's been it's kind of forgotten about, really.
2: Yeah, and but that see that thing also has its own charm because he like flipped it and turned himself into a goofy like dumbass character, and like he started the what thing, and like which we all hate. But uh, he, like, did a lot of comedy stuff with Kurt Angle, and I feel like he was still kind of a badass, but he was, like, a goofy badass, and, like, I, there's still some, like, charm there from from that angle. Like, as much as I didn't like that he was a bad guy, he still wasn't 100%, like, I didn't hate him, because he was my favorite at the time, so, like, I didn't hate him that he turned bad, but, because he still did, like, funny stuff, and, like, a lot of that stuff was, like, he was still kind of cool, but he just wasn't a hundred percent baby face badass uh i guess in my take um the worst though i mean there's lots of of bad stuff in there we, we forget about like naked midian um yeah. uh, <laughs> uh Kai and uh, Kay and Ty, uh yeah choppy choppy your pp um and then have john wayne bobbin on the show the next week uh but i get why those things were done like it was you know it was very much uh shock value ratings type thing um I'm trying to think, what else? The the hand thing was definitely one of the, like the worst parts, for sure. It was terrible. Um,
1: But that was one of those things. Like it's bad when it happened, but now like we kind of laugh about it because there's been callbacks to that joke, and they've been fucking hilarious.
2: Yeah, like I don't know. Like I'm fifty fifty on it. Like yeah, it's funny to think about now, but like at the time, like it was just like uh, there was so much like amateur humor shit. Like a lot of the DX stuff, like. You look back now and you're like, oh, man, that, that, that didn't age well. But at the time, it was kind of like, eh, it's all right. It's whatever.
1: When when Mae Young went topless and it was like, um, there's something about Mary. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that's something we all suppress. But I mean, when it came down to it, Mae Young was comedy wrestling or not even just not even comedy wrestling. It was supposed to be a version of comedy because obviously she didn't really wrestle. So they are adding comedy to the variety show. I'm, I mean, I've openly said, I'm not a huge fan of the attitude era. Like it was fun to live in and everything, but at the end of the day, I think it's over glorified and it's the anomaly in wrestling because wrestling is never going to go back to that wrestling for as long as it's been around has always been PG, but there was that one stretch that they were really popular and it was, you know, more mature I think they they weren't TVMA, but you know they were. They did all, all that kind of shit. TV14, in my opinion, doesn't it's, age well.
2: I get it, um, but I think where that disconnection um, is is that a lot of people became fans during that era, so that's always going to be like their golden era. Like for you, I'm sure when you think about it, it's like prior to that the you know 95 96 97 that is like your prime golden era like that's what really got you there right new generation yep okay so that that's your golden era now mine obviously when i first started watching what got me and drew me in was stone cold and and all of that and like the first night i watched is when he threw the intercontinental title in the river instead of handing it over to the rock that instantly got me and that forever is where my golden ages even though all the goods and the bads that's the golden age for me uh everything since i've enjoyed it some on some level um can i go back and watch a lot of it no i like watching more current stuff um but it is what it is and i think that uh i, I mean I, I still get those itches to go back and watch uh you know attitude era stuff a lot of of. What I like to watch now, um, I can't believe that it's you know twenty five and thirty years old is like ECW stuff because I didn't grow up watching that, so it's all new to me. Every time I watch something, when there's like a handful of stuff I have seen that's like really cool to watch again, so like that's always really cool. But it's it blows my mind that it was like twenty five years ago that that stuff happened, and it just feels like it was not that long ago. So,
1: all right, let's uh move on to what is our final voicemail, and well. In honor of of Pod Van Dam, I've given him the green button. That's actually kind of how it worked out, but it, it works perfect that Ed from Pod Van Dam is a green button. So let's go to Ed.
0: Hey, uh Summers and Charlie, butters, it's Ed from Pod Van Dam. I'm doing a drive-in right now, and I thought I'd give you a call and ask a question. Um, for uh, both of you guys, I just want to know I'm getting ready to do an Eric the Actor uh, episode just retrospective episode for the pod Patreon. And I was just curious, if you guys had to do a podcast that had nothing to do with wrestling, what would you guys pick to do and why? Like, what, what do you, what do you got? Okay. Bye.
1: I have done almost countless number of podcasts in my career. There has been two topics that have been non wrestling related that I have done and I could see myself doing a, a podcast on one should be i should say both should be somewhat obvious but one because a lot of the other work i've done is something movie related because i was once part of a show called old school at the movies it used to be weekly and then it turned into i think bi-weekly and then monthly and now we haven't well we haven't done an episode in a while and that was pre-pandemic the other one and it's like i said i think it should also be obvious too because right now if you could see me i'm wearing stuff of it and that would be nfl I actually had a podcast called NFL Easy Picks for a number of seasons, and uh, we would, me and uh, all the friends that I would have on the show, we would talk about how our teams did that particular week previous, and then we would pick uh, the games for our teams, and then we would pick the rest of the NFL, and then we would stack up how we did. We ended up having a fantasy football league with it uh, at one point for a couple, of se- or a handful of seasons. It was more than two, and then we did the. Um, we did pick'ems for a number of seasons, and I think the last two years it was active, we did a survivor pick which if you don't know how that works, at least with normal pick'ems, it's just you pick pick winners all throughout the season. Whoever has the best record wins. We didn't do it for money, so it didn't matter. But the survivor pick one is you have one pick that week, and you have to pick the winner of any of the games, but it has to be the winner. If it's not, you're eliminated. The first year we did it, we did a one-strike rule where it was basically like a landmine. You hit the landmine, you got the loss, you were done. And then the next year we did a three strikes and you're out type thing because it was a small group. Like literally we were done within like probably four weeks the first time. So we did the three strike rule thing and actually I won that year and I won with two strikes remaining. So everybody else depleted their strikes by the time I just got one and I literally got it on that last week. So that's... um, Oh, and also with the survivor thing, as you get towards the end of the season, like the last five or six weeks, you have to do two. And also once you pick a team to win, if you advance, you can't pick that team again. So it's, it becomes a strategy. So that's, that's what I would do. Charlie, what would you do?
2: Uh, some type of pop culture one, probably, uh, something with like, you know, I'm talking about Marvel, DC, star Wars, um, movies, that kind of stuff. Uh, the series, the, you know, animated series for different shows, uh, something like that, something with pop culture, probably.
1: When we were talking about this earlier, I stopped because I was like, let me save it for the show. I think one that would be good for you because you you love Marvel, you love the X-Men. I think it would be cool if you were to have done a, or you would do a X-Men rewatch podcast where you rewatch the cartoon. And then maybe for like special episodes, like you'd, you'd like maybe rewatch the movies and talk about them. That'd be kind of cool.
2: Yeah, that'd be fun. A lot of my... Uh, like the vast majority of my, my love for, for X-Men comes from the animated series. Like I've read a handful of the comics. So like, I don't know a ton about, you know, further stories, but the animated series has always been the sweet spot for me. So I feel like, yeah, that would probably work perfectly to, you know, do a breakdown of each episode and then, you know, do like touch on the movies and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, that'd probably work. Yeah. I think that would be it for me. Cause even like other podcasts I've done, have been somewhat restaurant related one way or another. I mean, I did do, and I haven't done it in a while. I did a, a podcast called hanging with heavy where it was just like more of my personal journal and I could talk about whatever I wanted. I know you can still find episodes on the trending topics network if you, if you look there, but um, episodes are deleted because I talked about things or people on those episodes where things have changed and in respect of the situation, I just took and there, there's multiple episodes where I just took those episodes down. I I have the copies uh, saved, but you know, things have changed so I I don't want that stuff out there anymore. That for me, every, everything else though has been wrestling related mostly for the past fucking almost ten years and yeah, it's pretty much what we fucking do. <laughs> All right, that's uh that wraps everything up for this episode. When a little bit longer than expected, but hey, Besides this episode, you will get the episode tomorrow, the annual Righteous Jesse episode, and I have yet to record that. We're recording that tomorrow uh, Monday, so that should be fun. Any uh, final thoughts or last-minute plugs before we go? Charlie.
2: Oh, this was really fun, man, and uh, I'd like to see a revolving door with questions so I could actually call in and ask a bunch of questions That's, and, um, with that different is,
1: guests. That is the plan. I, I picked you because it was short okay, notice, cool. but... Um, other than that, yeah, I want to get one or two people on here. Somebody, you know, on the revolving door of wrestling chairs. The only one who might not come on, unless they come to me and say they want to, and that's they'll hear me say this, and that's Ed because it's like you they do this on Pod Van Dam unless he wants right. a, a different batch of questions, but that is completely up to him. I think it, it's kind of redundant. Like if you want to ask Ed questions along with you know uh, Jonah and Pat, call Pod Van Dam when they're when they're accepting questions. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, like everybody else is is welcome to come on. Maybe I reach out to uh, other people who aren't necessarily regular panelists on wrestling cheers, but we can, there's, there's some people that I would be fun to get on. And with this service that you can call the voicemail whenever, like it's, it's just Google voice. I haven't decided if I would find a way to do it or who would want to do it, but potentially do questions like this for interviews. And obviously, Ooh, that'd be fun. Uh, questions are pre-scanned. Like I get a notification on my phone. I get an email sent to my email address and I can I can actually read a transcript of what Google thinks you said. <laughs> Sometimes there are some uh, <laughs> errors, but I can get the gist of it. And obviously, if I think if it's a troll or I think it's a bad question or if it's an interview where it's like, yeah, we're not going to ask that question, then it'll be disregarded. Sorry. But adding this
2: option that would be really cool. Go ahead. Cause there's certain stuff there's, that'd be really cool. There's certain stuff that when you do your uh, interviews that uh, sometimes you, you don't talk to certain guests about, and uh, there's questions like that I'd have or be interested in hearing about. And I think that uh, that'd be kind of cool because then like, you know, I could get those questions answered. So, and, and not just hope that you somehow touch on it when you do your interview. I mean, usually you do, but there's there's been times where I've had burning questions and I came to you after the fact
1: and <laughs> I was like, man, so that'd be kind of cool, actually. So, yeah, um, I think it, it would be cool for those aspects. We'll, we'll, we'll see how things go. I want to give you actually a huge shout out. I, I mentioned enough already to Pod Van Dam. I've said before, like I'm not stealing this from them. Uh, I know a lo- enough podcasts that do and I've been a part of podcasts that do fan participation. I'm not a huge fan of it. I've just on my end, obviously, I, I mean, I love Pod Van Dam, and when I. I thought of this idea, which was a couple months ago, I reached out to Jonah and I asked him like, you know, what, what do you use? And he was like, yeah, it's just uh, Google voice. And I was like, all right, cool. So like huge, huge shout out to them. Um, we'll, we'll see when the next one will be. I have no idea. Any, uh, final thoughts, for last minute plugs. before we go, Charlie.
2: Yeah. Check out my podcast. IWTV guide. Give us a follow on Twitter or Instagram. I'm trying to build those numbers up. Um, And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore butters at C H A R L Y underscore butters.
1: Um, yeah, that's all I got. And of course you can find myself at Jay Summers three, three, zero on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email. If you so choose is I wrestling, cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at what a Maneuver. Net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe your Evelyn This Fine Podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, podbean.com. And if you need direct links for any of those, there is a link tree in the podcast notes. Also check out our friends on the training topics network such as All Beer Inside, Your Vision Showcase, Spanish Snounce Table, and Wrestling Without the Dude. Check out our other podcast friends such as Let the Hay Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast. It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds With Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Markout Media Podcast, Marks With Mics, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hyo Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And have a wonderful Christmas Eve. See you tomorrow. Later